Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. A new week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studio here in Oak Grove, Mississippi. We're glad you're with us. Excited about another week of uh, Golden Eagle Talk. I want to remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Before we get started, they sponsor our first segment every day, and they're a great place to take your family for a meal anytime you like. They're open seven days a week. and Justin and his guys do the best job in Hattiesburg when it comes to catering, so do not hesitate to call Dickie's Barbecue the next time you want to cater a major event. All right, so much to talk about. What a dramatic Saturday afternoon at Reed Green Coliseum. Victor Awako lays up a layup with 2.9 seconds left. The Golden Eagles come from 18 points behind in the second half. That is the Third largest comeback in program history and the largest comeback ever at Reed Green Coliseum. They come back 18 points uh, in the second half uh, with just, they were down 18 with 14 minutes left to play. Uh, take the lead with 2.9 seconds, hang on and win this incredible uh, come from behind basketball victory uh, and quite a day for Golden Eagle basketball fans. So I wanted to reach out to talk to somebody who could tell me how this kind of thing happens. And who better than the winningest basketball coach in college uh, history here in Mississippi, a two-time uh, athlete at Southern Miss, two-sport athlete at Southern Miss, pitched a no-hitter for the Golden Eagle baseball team, played uh, uh, for the basketball team as well, and is now, of course, the head coach at William Carey University, Coach Steve Knight. Coach uh, Always good to have you back on the show. We really appreciate your time today. Oh, glad to be here, Bob. Appreciate y'all having me today. And we do want glad to, talk- to have uh, have the ice melting. <laughs> yeah, for over a hundred percent. We do, we we are going to talk about your fine program uh, while we've got you on the show. But a couple things I wanted to ask you first is you probably heard we were just reporting how Southern Miss uh, is down eighteen points. They they came it, they were ahead by one point at halftime they the Troy goes on a 22 to 3 run uh they get an 18 point lead and you think it's over and then the golden eagles start you know chipping back chipping back playing defense chipping back and the next thing you know they've pulled this huge uh, come from behind win out of the hat as a basketball coach i'm sure you've seen it all coach what how do you coach your kids when they're getting blown out to believe that they can still win, and what is the process that goes on between the coaches and the players when you see this kind of really incredible comeback? Yeah, I guess I can add to that, Bob. You know how 
what do you say to your kids when uh, when you've got an eighteen point lead and they feel it's safe and you don't? Right, right. <laughs> you, right. you know, yeah, eighteen eighteen points. You just that's six possessions right. in college basketball, and you know, I've seen teams make a bunch of threes in a row. Obviously, there was a lot of time left on the clock, so you weren't really in need of going down and make a bunch of threes. But you just focus on defense. You know, in order to cut that gap back, you have to keep the other team from scoring a high percentage of of time down the floor. So if you can do that, then that gives you an opportunity on offense, uh, whether it's by the three ball or whether, you know, staying aggressive, taking the basket and getting fouled. Maybe get an AM one, um, getting to the free throw line in that situation is big because it's an opportunity to score points while while the clock isn't running. So, um, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of time left. I don't think eighteen point lead is much of anything anymore. Uh, but on the other hand, you don't see teams come back like Southern Miss did very often. You may see teams that cut it cut it back and cut into that lead, but they don't come all the way back. So to be able to do that is is um, a rare occasion, and um, it's, it feels great when you can do it. And and I know those guys over there feel, uh, feel great about the way that they came back. They got the crowd into the game. Crowd's a huge factor on, on the home floor, and um, I was glad to see it happen. We were we were way up in Dalton, Georgia, playing the game, so I wasn't able to listen to it, but caught it on uh, on X and um, some other articles on the way back. So mm-hmm. extremely proud of uh, th- what they did that day. But very interesting. You, you you say what Jay Ladner was talking to him about, what you would be talking to him about is defense when you're 18 points behind. Absolutely. You know, you have to keep encouraging them that, if they're having a rough day shooting, um, you know, that, hey, they're going to start falling, they're going to start falling, just get stops, and don't lose your aggressiveness. You have to stay aggressive on offense. And, and uh, hey, there's no give in. We've got time to do this. And, and uh, sometimes it works out for you. Yeah, and what does that do? What does that do psychologically to a team on both sides, the team that comes from behind, the team that loses the eight being – 18 point lead and you got to go play again in two days can you can you wash that out of your minds either way it's it's really hard it's really hard you know you're uh, obviously uh, Troy's going to want to just throw the film in the trash can and and move forward and Southern Miss can always use it as a positive teaching teaching uh, moment to where hey we're never out of any game. I think it does give a lot of momentum to the team that comes back. Uh, and you can ride that way for a little while. And I know they're going on the road now for four straight games. So it's a, it could be a situation where they understand that they can beat, under, uh, beat the opponent under any circumstances. Uh, being down at home by 18 points, they overcame that. So going on the road this time um, is a situation where, hey, it doesn't matter whether we're in facing a team that's hot or their gym's packed or whatever, we can overcome that. So I think it's a real positive for USM. So, uh, Coach, uh, when you're playing on the road, how, how important 
How beneficial is a loud, rowdy crowd like what we saw, what we see in your gym when your guys play? Do do players really feed off of that? Absolutely, they do. You know, they jump a little bit higher. Their first step's a little bit quicker. They have a lot of emotion in playing the game, and um, they they ride it. And, uh, you know, our, it happens over Clinton Gym all the time. It happens at Reed Green. And we, we appreciate all the basketball folks that come out. I think they, they will show up if you've got a good product, and, and that's been obvious here in the last couple of years. Right. All right, remind our listeners who may not know your basketball history at Southern Miss, Coach. Yeah, I came in, uh, played at Hattiesburg High and was on the state championship team uh, in 1974. When I came in, it was uh, Southern Miss was it had just uh, – Jeep Clark was the varsity coach. We had a freshman team back in the time uh, because there wasn't a, a women's basketball team. I played on the freshman team. Uh, my my uh, point guard in, on that year was John Cox, voice of the Eagles, and um, <laughs> I always say I was a shooter. I, I don't I don't have any um, times anywhere where I don't. People ask me, well, what kind of player were you? I said I was a shooter. I said I wasn't the best defender. I played hard. I played with a lot of grit. I was just so skinny old guy that um, could shoot the basketball. So. Um, you know, played there, averaged about 18 points a game on the freshman team. It was coached by a former uh, stud post player for Southern Miss by the name of Ronnie Malone. Mm-hmm. And um, big, strong guy, uh, did a good job with us. And then the next year I was redshirted, trying to put on some weight, get stronger. I was still growing. I actually grew three inches in college. And... Uh, then Coach Clark was fired, and Coach Turk came in and um, played, got to play for Coach Turk for for a season there. And um, you know he was a, he was a great coach to play for. I mean, he gave me a lot of confidence. He my he says your job is to go in there and make shots. And every time the other team went to a zone, he put me in. He said shoot, just shoot it. If you're open, shoot it. And that gave me a ton of confidence knowing that I had a green light. And so I've kind of put that in as part of my coaching philosophy. Philosophy, If I have a good shooter, I don't ever tell them not to shoot. You know, uh, I'd say, hey, you you probably need to shoot more. You're one of our better shooters. So, Um, But then that was three years of basketball, three years of baseball, and then I got hurt my – the last practice of basketball in 77 and I missed six weeks of baseball season and I was a pitcher and obviously it was my right ankle, my push off foot. Um, I, I decided not to take that chance the next year. So I, I didn't play basketball. I focused on baseball and it turned out to be a pretty good decision. I got to play a couple of years of minor league ball. So right, right. that's the history. We're talking to head basketball coach William Carey University, Steve Knight, legendary Southern Miss athlete, two-star, uh, two-sport star. Going to continue our conversation uh, with coach on the other side of the break. So much to talk about in college athletics. Now, I've really been looking forward to getting Coach Knight's perspective of some of the things affecting the game. We'll do that right on the other side of this short three-minute break.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, the official auto dealer of the Super Talk Eagle Hour is Genesis of Hattiesburg. And we're glad glad to have them on board. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. And coming very soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. We really appreciate Genesis of Hattiesburg stepping up as the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment. Miss Kathleen's a wonderful person. I bet Coach Knight probably knows Miss Kathleen and all the great things she does. She's located right across the street from the campus on Hardy Street. You can shop her online at campusbookmart.net. We're talking to William Carey University uh, basketball coach Steve Knight. Coach, before we get on to basketball in general, the Crusaders, uh, 12 and 6, uh, off to a good start. Uh, you guys uh, just uh, were Wednesday Wednesday night. I know you played the University of Mobile. Have you played since? I guess you must have played over the weekend. We did. We played up in Dalton, Georgia, against Dalton State, and lost uh, lost by four. Uh, those long road trips are tough when you're a long way away from home. But uh, you know, we we're, we're still optimistic. We have have uh as you mentioned played mobile twice they they just uh, moved up to number 11 in the country and wednesday night's game was um one that we we just had a, a lot of energy had a great crowd and and uh yeah we beat them pretty good um that's the second time this season we've defeated them so mm-hmm. um they're sort of our arch rivals, and and uh, it's always good to go two and zero in regular season against a, no, no a team that not only is your rival but but is a top twenty five team. Uh, all right, as a player, obviously a very good player, obviously a very good coach. Uh, since you own the record here in Mississippi, how hard is it to go on the road in men's basketball and win in the opponent's gym, coach? Well, it, it's really hard. It really is. I mean. You just you've got different rims to shoot on. Uh, the 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 crowd is always a factor. Um, you just have to have an extreme amount of confidence in what you do as a basketball team. And the main thing is when you go out, you from from the opening tip have to be the more aggressive squad. And you can't. You know the home team's going to get on some runs during the game, but you want to you want to set the pace early, and then fight off any runs that they may have later in the game. So, uh, if you're not ready to play, uh, it's going to be a long night. And and situation, unfortunately for us, Saturday, um, they were they were they were more aggressive and they they were quicker than us and and jumping higher and. Um, you know, I don't like to use excuses, We, but, you know, it's tough with these kids. We came off a huge win. We had a six-hour bus ride um, all day Friday, and then we, we play at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. And, you know, we just weren't ready. But mm-hmm. we hung in there, which shows, shows a lot for us. We, we could have gotten blown out, but we, we kept fighting and fighting, gave ourselves a chance to win that ball game. It just didn't go, go our way. So. Right. Well, you're 18 um, games when, in now. What what lies ahead for the Crusaders? You're 18 games into the season. Yeah, we've got 27 regular season games, so uh, it's just a situation where we're on the road again, long road trip. Uh, next Saturday, the Thomas College, uh, Thomas University, which is north of Tallahassee. Uh, and then after that, we're at home for 
five of our last eight games. So uh, we're we're hoping to get that win Saturday and then come home with that momentum and take care of business at home. So we're we're uh, seven and four in the league. The, the team leader, the uh, conference leaders, UT Southern, and they're ten and zero. So mm-hmm. you know, some people are going to have to beat those guys. We've got them coming to our place in a couple weeks. So. Um, but you know, situation is in NAI. They they have moved instead of taking just thirty two teams to the national tournament. They have what we call opening sites. They're basically regionals, but uh, you may not be in your region. Uh, but sixty four teams get to go to opening rounds, and then they take the final sixteen to Kansas City. So. We, we still have an opportunity for postseason play. And, of course, if we win our conference tournament, you're automatically in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm excited about our bunch. I think we've got we've got uh, a good start in five, and our depth is coming along. And, um, you know, we, we've got two or three guys off the bench that, that can really play. And um, we just need to stay healthy and, and uh, weather this kind of storm of two long, long road trips away from mm-hmm. home and then get back to home. Right. Uh, right. No, private, no private jets flying around the country like in some of the some of our favorite uh, SEC leagues, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a it's a good old Klein bus and <laughs> and uh you know, those are those are some long rides for yeah. sure. They're not as comfortable as they look, people, in case you've never ridden on one. They look really nice, but I'll tell you. Hey, we should point out just four years ago, you told me four years. I was God, time passes so fast. Terry played in the final four in Kansas City, so I'm, I'm sure that's something that uh, even though four years back uh, you remember because that is such a hard thing to get to, isn't it? It really is, and, and when you get to uh, Kansas City, you know, it's all about matchups. Uh, who your who your opponents are and and uh, back back when we went it was uh, thirty two teams so there were you had to win uh, you had to win five games in six days and it was just grueling uh, but but we did it and we made it um, unfortunately lost in the semifinal game but but uh, played pretty well in that game just to, uh, got beat by the national title winners that year, Georgetown College. So uh, just the highlight of my coaching career for sure and and something that, uh, you know, they can never take away from us is, is being able to make it to the Final Four. And, and hopefully here in the next uh, few years we can get back and, and uh, win the whole thing. That's always the goal anyway. Right. No no question about that. All right, Coach, about three and a half minutes left in the segment. We're, we see so much here now with this transfer portal and – it just seems like the world of college athletics is standing on its ear. It, it, in NIAA in NAIA sports, are you got what effects, if any, are you seeing from the transfer portal? Well, the effects are that the D ones are are mainly recruiting portals and JUCOs, and um, the stud high school kids. So, for us, there's a, there's going to be a, a, a lot of good players out there. Uh, typically in JUCO or high school that are available to us. So the level of basketball in the NAI and Division Two, in particular are, are rising because of the portal. Um, and I understand, you know, the coaches, 
that are at the D1 level, they're under a lot of pressure, and they 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 need to win and win quickly. And uh, it's always easier to win when you have veteran players, whether they were in your program or not. So they're sort of swapping players around, and and uh, unfortunately, it's leaving some good players out that in the past would have been able to get a Division One offer, and um, so. That's the way it's affected us. I think we signed two kids this year from JUCOs who probably in the past would have gone to uh, low-major D1 schools, um, and I'm sure it'll continue in the future unless they make some changes uh, at the D1 level. It's interesting. So it's benefited the NAIA. What do you think about it, though, as a basketball coach? I don't like it. I don't like. Uh, I don't like the transfer portal and the fact that you know we want to build relationships with these kids and we we want these kids there we want them to to play for the the lettering on the front of their jersey not what's on the back of their jersey and it takes time to build that uh and when you've got kids jumping around from um you know one year to the next they're they're just looking for the best thing for themselves which we always want the best thing for the kids, but we we want we want kids to also have the desire to to really be sort of obligated. Hey, this is who I signed with. This is this is where I'm going to school and I'm going to get my education, and we're going to do it for four or five years. And um, that that's the way that um, you know us old coaches look at it. The newer coaches they don't they don't seem to mind too much. Uh, the jumping around. That's interesting. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I I, I don't like the opportunity. I think they're going to do something with that. I think they're going to cut back the number of transfers that that you can have without penalties. So, uh, you know, the NAI even now, uh, once that happened, they changed theirs where uh, we don't have a penalty. We don't have a portal. But if you want to transfer – you you can uh, you can transfer to another school at any time, um, you know each uh, after the season. So, um, you know it's just just I guess a way of life now. But it does it does hurt the coach's ability to really build relationships. Bas- in particular, basketball you're only dealing with you know ten to twelve to maybe fourteen kids, and you have to be really tight as a unit in order to win and and it sort of takes that away a little bit all right right, don't forget you can hear every william carey university basketball on supertalkhattiesburg.com hattiesburg or supertalkfm.com as well and many of the games are broadcasted here on 97.3 as well as simulcasted on supertalkhattiesburg.com coach steve knight thank you sir it's always a pleasure to have you on our radio show Steve Knight, everybody, head basketball coach at William Carey University. Really appreciate his time. We'll be right back. Going to find Kelly Sander next. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank head basketball coach of William Carey University, Steve Knight, of course, legendary athlete at Southern Miss. Two, two sports stars at Southern Miss threw a no-hitter uh, in baseball and is in the Sports Hall of Fame. 
Town and Country Cleaners in Hattiesburg should be. They're Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. They're family-owned and operated since 1983, and they offer services like steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and dry cleaning. You can visit Town and Country at their convenient location across from USM on Hardy Street. You can call them at 601-264-4920 and want to say hello to Slade the Guys, 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock looking for a good lunch. We'll take a lunch break at work. Go check out 4th Street Bar and Grill, see what you get for 10 bucks. We think uh, you'll like that. And, of course, you can catch all the USM Road basketball games coming up four in a row, and uh, you can catch them as well uh, at 4th Street Bar and Grill. All right, so people have been asking me if Kelly was, in fact, incarcerated, and the lawyers explained that I was not at liberty to discuss that. He's out, whatever that means. Uh, Kelly? Uh, you you just to clear the record you you were not incarcerated well i was i was kind of incarcerated in my own home but uh i unfortunately came down with covid again um and because i did have the vaccine it was not as you know the symptoms for me were not as bad as the first time because the first time was just horrible um so i'm pleased to report um that uh that I am feeling better, but I, but I did have COVID. I, of course I fit all, I check all the boxes, Bob. I'm fat. I'm, uh, you know, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) My type of blood, it seems to like, so I just have to be really careful when it comes to, but being a marathon runner has probably helped fight it off. Do you think? I think that's the only thing that's the only reason I'm still alive. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm a marathon eater, Bob. Oh, I I get, I always get that confused. Yeah. That's right. I have gone to movie store with you. I've I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen it up close and personal. Yeah. Which is that first problem. I'm so fat, but uh, (laughs) nonetheless, feeling better. Hope to be back in the studio, you know, better safe than sorry. So, Probably, you know, next week. Well, we're glad glad you're getting better. All right, I know you're feeling well enough. You've been catching up with news and notes for me here, Southern Miss News. So carry it away, Kelly. All right, let's 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 start with men's basketball. It was just announced today that the second part of the Sunbelt uh, MAC Basketball Challenge match matchups have, uh, have been announced. You know, earlier in the basketball season, in fact, on November 10th, Southern Miss went to Akron and lost to the Zips up there 72 to 54. Well, they kind of the commissioners for both of the leagues kind of wanted to see how teams would shake out before scheduling the second round and that's exactly what they did, but they have set those in stone now. February 10th it will be the Western Michigan Broncos that will come to the greenhouse to take on Southern Miss. The Broncos right now are 7 and 11 overall and 4 and 2 in the MAC. Right now in the net rankings, Southern Miss is 221. Western Michigan is 268. So, again, February 10th, that is set in stone. Western Michigan will come to Hattiesburg. Remember, the Eagles were on the road for the first round of that challenge, so they get the home game the second time, and the opponent will be the Western Michigan Broncos. T.J. Finley, the standout quarterback at Texas State, who put the Broncos in a bowl game this year, under their first-year coach, G.J. Kinney, entered the transfer portal and has announced that he is going to head to a place that we are familiar with here in the Hattiesburg area. That would be Bowling Green, Kentucky, where he will be a member of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. That will be his next stop. This will make now three schools in four years 
uh, for Finley. And I don't know if you saw the story last week, Bog, about the tight end at the University of Miami because of medical uh, exclusions and COVID and other things. He has been approved for his ninth year of college football. Ninth year. And uh, he put something out on social media saying he was looking forward to one last time. I'm saying one last oh, time. Lord. A decade of college football. Yes. yes. Now, now, I, you know, I academically, I kind of went that route, but uh, yeah. athletically. Uh, I mean, after no, nine he, years, what is he taking in class? My heavens. That, yeah, that's, well, I'm sure he's in, in getting his doctorate now. We'll have to yeah. ask Luke how long, that, uh, yeah. how long that takes to get. Does he know Gabe but, uh, Montenegro? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, we're hoping now that this next Montenegro, um, you know, speaking of which, the captains for the Southern Miss baseball team uh, were announced, and we'll we'll have more information on that tomorrow. Carson Pato among them, along with Slade Wilkes, uh, as they get ready for the uh, baseball season. Tomorrow on the Eagle Hour, Bob will have in the studio Coach Poole and some of the members of the Lady Eagle softball team as their season gets underway here, uh, actually a little bit sooner than the men, although the women will begin on the road, whereas the men's baseball team uh, will begin at home. So that's a little bit about a lot of things. All right. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about basketball. The game Saturday was really pretty incredible. Golden Eagles down 18 points uh, midway through the second half, come back and yeah. win it. That's without Victor Hart, too. I mean, I, I don't, don't think you can overemphasize how important Victor Hart uh, is to the basketball team. Kelly, this is a. They won two, you know, heart stomping games here in the last two, but they're so unpredictable. What have you been able yet to put your finger on this team? I don't, you know, unpredictable is is a good word, but I think if you use that to describe Southern Miss, Bob, you'd have to use that same word to describe all the teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember when the season started, James Madison looked like they were going to run the table. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Dukes were just killing everybody. And now they can't seem, you know, to buy a win. Nobody necessarily was thinking that Appalachian State was going to turn out to be the powerhouse that they are right now. But, you know, that could change. Really, with Southern Miss, it's, it's come down to feast and famine based on, where the, you know, whether they're at home or whether they're on the road. I mean, they defend the greenhouse really, really well. They knocked off at that time undefeated James Madison, who was ranked 19th in the country when the Eagles offended them. Troy, who they got walloped by, you know, about a week ago over in Troy, they come back, you know, and win that game Saturday, as, as you guys talked about on the show a, a little bit earlier. But again, that was at Reed Green Coliseum. True test now coming up for the Eagles. You mentioned four games in a row on the road. That's the bad news. Now, the good news is these first two are going to be with teams that have struggled up to this point. Coastal Carolina near the bottom of the standings in, in uh, the Sun Belt, and Marshall although not at the bottom, more toward the lower middle of the pack, if you will. So these are going to be two road games. Anytime you win on the road, it's like picking up uh, you know, two games. I think when, when they lost at Georgia Southern, everybody thought that was going to be a potential fatal blow. But same deal, Georgia Southern, terrible on the road, but they've been defending their home court very well. So um, th- that's been the modus operandi for this league all year long, is that everybody, it seems, is going to finish about 500 in the league which is great for the fans, but problematic for the league when it comes to making you know, selections for the NCAA tournament because we already know that the winner of the tournament will get one, uh, one invitation, but it appears that's certainly going to be 
the only way anybody's going to go is to win that tournament. Everybody's 500. The ladies lost uh, Saturday 70-58 to 58 to Monroe. They're now 9-8. and eight. And, uh, you know, Dominique, uh, Dominique Davis had 18 points, but she was kind of, you know, symbolic of the entire team. She was 6 of 20 overall shooting and 0 of 6 from the arc. If you can't hit the basket, you just can't win. And, uh, you know, they, they fall victim to cold shooting. And that, that kind of goes to the women and the men's league. Every game in the conference, Kelly, seems to be a crapshoot. It does. And, you know, you were talking about Victor Hart being out of the lineup um, now. But, but the, the difference in that game was the emergence of Kobe Montgomery. Kobe Montgomery likes that three-point baseline jumper over in the corner, and he started to drain some of those. So if Kobe right. Montgomery continues to play you know, like that, that's, that's going to be a difference. And you saw when uh, Andre Corbella was playing, you know, the added dimension that he gives to that Southern Miss team. But you just don't know in that concussion well. protocol how long he's going to, you know, how long he's going to well. be out. But I don't think Jay Ladner has had the same starting five wow. about, about any time this year. I heard two guys talking about that very thing, and uh, and then one guy makes the comment you couldn't argue with him. Says, "Well, I don't really care how good he is if he's sitting on the bench; it doesn't matter." And you know, he, he, he played a couple of games and and got injured. And so Mo Arnold has really stepped up. He's really he has really improved his shooting uh, from last year. And now Kelly, they go on the road for four straight games. The scheduling just sometimes seems odd in the Sun Belt that you have these clusters of games, four straight road games. That's a uh, that's pretty tough. Steve Knight was telling us earlier in the show how hard it is to win on the road, and now they got to do it four games in a row. But then they then they turn right around. Almost the entire month of February, they're going to be back at Reed Green Coliseum. Yeah. So I know I know Coach Ladner likes that from a standpoint that the students will be in the house, and he's talked about how you know a full house with the students there certainly impacts yeah. you know the way that they seem to play. And now you throw in that Mac challenge with uh, Western Michigan uh, coming down here. You know, um, <laughs> Western Michigan, yeah, we got to play Southern Miss, but it's probably going to be a lot warmer than it is up in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yeah, you're right. All right, I know you can you stick around. I know you want to talk about Patrick Mahomes, your favorite player. You got you got four minutes. You can hang yeah, through yeah, the break. Part of, my, part of my prison work release program, having to talk about that guy. <laughs> Oh, and have you heard who the Kelsey guy's dating? Have you heard about that? We can talk about that when you want to come back to. Yeah, please update me. Yeah. We'll, we'll inform Kelly Sander about the Kelsey story when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. This segment of the program is sponsored by DBAT. Luke Reynolds heads it up down there, former big baseball star at Southern Miss. So we're better to take your child for baseball, softball training at DBAT. They're right there on Hardy Street, really state-of-the-art facility. We appreciate uh, all they do. Also want to say hello to our friends at Mobe Beignet Company, 2902 Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Great desserts, probably the best in town. Great coffees, hot and cold, all sorts of energy drinks. Just a, a fun place to hang out at Mo Bay Beignet. 
And I want to remind you about, of course, the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can simply tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And we're grateful for all of you that uh, that log in every month and uh, every week and every month and uh, continue to listen to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right, Kelly, then there were four. We're down to the final four of the National Football League. The Baltimore Ravens will host your favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, the San Francisco 49ers will be hosting the, I think, Cinderella team and the team that most of the nation at this point is fooling, pulling for the Detroit Lions. But let's start Let's start there first. Uh, San Francisco, multi-talented team, but, you know, had a fight on their hands uh, with the Packers. But then on the other hand, the Lions are multi-talented, and they had a fight on their hands with Tampa Bay. I thought both underdogs played really with a lot of determination and, and really represented themselves well. But now it's down uh, to the 49ers, who we've talked throughout the year on this show, we think may be the best team in the NFL, although the Ravens could challenge you for that. And the Cinderella story of maybe the last decade, did the Lions, in your view, have any chance of going to Frisco and knocking off uh, Purdy and yes. Christian yes, they have and all those and guys? Even, and you remember early in the season, Bob, and you said it, when Detroit went into Dallas and manhandled the Cowboys oh. down there. Do you remember what you said on the air? Yeah. Probably week three. Well, they played, the they played old-fashioned football, and they had a yeah. big monster offensive line, and they just come right at you the way I like yeah. seeing football played. Yeah, so I, I think Detroit does have a chance to go in there to San Francisco. Uh, now, if you're a Green Bay fan, you certainly have nothing to hang your head about. I know you want to play for the Super Bowl, as do I as a Bengals fan, but when you look at how young that Green Bay team is, right. and how, I mean, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about where that franchise is headed. Um, Kansas City, again, gets the benefit of uh, several calls, the one that's most controversial. In fact, now, mind you, it's coming from people in media outlets in Buffalo who want the uh, NFL referee crew investigated for the one particular call where the late uh, pass interference flag came down only after the referees discussed it. And clearly on the videotape uh, replay, uh, the contact was made before the pass was thrown. So uh, clearly a wrong call there. But again, it was third down for the Chiefs. And by that late flag coming down, the Chiefs get a fresh set of downs and then go on uh, to win the football game. So I know the Chiefs aren't playing the Bengals. It's like, it, just seems, it, it just seems like the Chiefs seem, they get every single call. It sure um, seems that way. And I, and I sure hope when – I think Baltimore is the best team in the NFL, period. And I, I just – I hope Baltimore just beats the snot out of Kansas City this weekend. But I don't think they will. I'm telling you, I think, I think the NFL is going to do whatever it can to get Kansas City in that I Super Bowl again. I'll tell you something ironic uh, for Bill fans. You know, they missed that field goal right there at the end of the game that probably yeah. maybe would have sent the game into overtime. He misses it to the right, and that's exactly how they missed the field goal that cost them their one opportunity, really their best opportunity to win a Super Bowl when they missed a field goal to the right. So they did want to hear uh, no good to the right, did they? Yeah, Scott Norwood, I think it was at 1992 or something like that, that 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 took place. And 
Tyler Bass, of course, is a Sunbelt guy out of uh, Georgia Southern. So the place kicker for, that for missed, Buffalo. That missed the field goal. Yes, that missed uh, the field goal. So, uh, yeah, and it, and the Chiefs may have won in overtime. You know, they, they probably, again, would, would find some kind of uh, way to get Kansas City there. But never have I been pulling, you know, and Baltimore, you know, just hammered the Bengals twice this year. So I'm not a big fan of Baltimore, but, but you know, I, I, anybody but Kansas City. And even the Bengal players are all saying that. I don't care who it is. Uh, we just don't want Kansas City. Well, let me tell you but, one reason I'm pulling for Baltimore is I told my wife yesterday they had a shot of Todd Munkin, and yes. I said what you just saw is the only NFL coordinator in the league that will come on the Eagle Hour whenever we ask him to. So how do you not pull for Todd Munkin, right? Well, of course, and and he's he's already you know been interviewed by several teams for potential head coaching openings. If, if it's not this cycle. You know, it's bound to be, you know, the next couple. He's going to be a head coach in the NFL. So you certainly pull. The only, the only matchup I do not want is Baltimore and Detroit because then I wouldn't know who to cheer for. I think that's you know? what you're going to have. I think that's you, going to be Baltimore and Detroit. Well, according to that so-called leaked uh, message from the NFL, it's going to be San Francisco and Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> You, we'll you, you know, I've, you know. I've now it. they're hoping that doesn't happen, right? I, I think Kansas City's going to win again. We'll see. All right. All right, Kelly. I'll hook up with you tomorrow when we get through with uh, the softball ladies. How's that sound? Sounds good. I'll be here, Bob. All right, Kelly Sanders. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until tomorrow at one o'clock, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.